Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Well, we are, what, a week four, I think, into Halloween <laughs> right now. I don't know. It's going too quickly. So only one more to go. It is, man. I'm, That's I'm, a bummer. <laughs> let's, let's make Halloween last all... It kind of does last all year for us, doesn't we it? We do. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest. You know, this month being very special for us, uh, we actually had a more difficult time than usual trying to pick Halloween things. I think because nothing in particular really jumps out at us anymore, right? When it comes to Halloween. We've, we've done the, the, the classic Halloween type horror movies, the ones that we really want to do. Right. And now, uh, I don't know if you want to say we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. There's always new stuff coming out. But yeah, uh, yeah we're, we're a little more likely to give that choice over to our patrons. And that's exactly what we did for these last two weeks. We uh, put about five or so movies to our patrons that we were thinking about doing, some that they have suggested, some that have long been suggested on our on our show, and uh, asked what they wanted. And the first to come out of that is 1985's Cemetery of Terror. Definitely not something I would have picked uh, right off the bat. So kudos to them for giving us a very interesting movie. <laughs> this is a film uh, directed by a guy named Ruben Galindo Jr. His first movie, I think he was fresh out of film school at USC when he put this together. He was still in school. Oh, is that right? His dad, he, yeah, he was still in school. His dad called him. Um, I think from Mexico, and said he had to come home and start making his first picture. What? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe his dad is like a producer or something. Yeah, his dad was in the business, definitely. Yeah. So, well, I noticed his name, the name Galindo. I think there. I think it's produced by a Galindo too. So maybe that was his dad. I'm not sure. Yeah. I just read that anecdote that he got like called away from college to come make this movie. <laughs> make this damn make him damn movie already. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he was 23 and he was still in school, I mean, it's about time. Come on. Yeah. What are you doing? Don't waste your life. <laughs> Jesus. Well, his dad, um, I believe, uh, was a director and writer known for quite a few Mexican movies. I mean, I, he's directed like almost 50 movies going all the way back to like the 70s, early 70s, including one called Santo versus the Killer from Another World, which I feel like I have seen. It's one of those um, luchadores kind of movies that are really, really popular in Mexico that I have only barely dip my toes into and I'm always kind of bookmarked that like this is something I need to come back to and check out but um yeah uh yeah you're right he uh, got called back and he shot this on location in Brownsville Texas have you ever uh-huh. been to Brownsville Texas I've never been to Texas. I don't have any interest in going to Texas. <laughs> Sorry, Texans. <laughs> I lived in Texas for years as a kid, um, and I had relatives who lived in Texas as well, a couple of them still there. And my grandparents, even, who were born and raised in Illinois and barely ever left DeKal- the DeKalb, Illinois area, nonetheless found themselves in Brownsville, Texas, when I was, I don't know, 10, maybe 9 or 10 years old and i believe at that time we were living in del rio del rio is a border town in fact it's been in the news the last couple years because of you know a lot of stuff's been happening around along the border and del rio got a little notorious for taking some fairly extreme measures with um some of the people crossing over and i think think it was when we were living in del rio that uh we went down and took a trip to visit my grandparents in brownsville texas it is about as south in the u.s as you can get i'm not sure maybe the tip of florida is a little further south but uh 
This is the very, very tip. It's not actually known as a very safe place, in fact. But I had a wonderful time there uh, as a kid. We went to the beach right there on the Gulf and picked up seashells and sand dollars and things That's I still fun. have. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Brownsville, Texas. This was shot down there, and uh, it's all in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Was there even... I know you're a big, bigger fan of, of watching the dubbed version. Did you manage to find a These dubbed days. Dub version? No, I uh, I checked Shutter and they didn't have one available, which is fine. <laughs> but it's like another thing is it's hard to watch these movies subtitled because I'm constantly looking away from the screen to take notes, and you can't really do that because you miss stuff. Yeah. So I found myself pausing and rewinding and pausing and rewinding, which was fine. Uh, <laughs> but you know uh, that's what I'm saying. It's not. I'm not illiterate. It's not that I don't like to read. It's just <laughs> you I'm, I'm trying to do several things at the same time. Anyway, it is inconvenient. Yeah, so it was in Spanish, and it was fun. You know, I, I used to speak Spanish. I was relatively fluid, uh, fluent in Spanish in like college because. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, studying it all the time, went to Mexico just, you know, for like a spring break, but being immersed in the language, like I totally got by fine. It's gone. Yeah. It's totally gone. <laughs> Mine too. I don't know anything. And I want it back. I get really, ex- I get really excited when I like recognize a word. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know what that means. Oh boy. This whole movie I was convincing myself I really understood the Spanish and I probably could have listened to it without, but I'm not fooling anyone. I understood parts of it and I feel like I could could have watched it without the subtitles and that it would have been fine well, <laughs> like, it's not like the dialogue is important no it's not it's pretty <laughs> obvious what's going on <laughs> yeah uh, it might even be fun to give this the uh what, what was that old show what was it called mad movies or something where they used to redub movies in a funny way i feel like this movie is ripe for that because the the dialogue itself is pretty hilarious at times <laughs> it's you know i I say my overall impressions of this movie is, and I think I texted you this, the first 40 minutes, it's an hour and a half, the first half of this movie is kind of a slog, and I probably would have turned it off. This is the kind of movie I might have had going in the background and given it a bit of a chance, but generally speaking, it's college kids coming together in an old house, and it just takes forever to kind of get to the point. But boy, when it gets to the point, (laughs) it gets interesting and then i would say the last 30 minutes are just batshit crazy it's at least two movies yes (laughs) (laughs) there are two movies happening here yeah they just both have the same villain and are set in the same place but they are completely separate stories and completely separate movies different characters it's weird like (laughs) it obviously draws inspiration from lots of places like there's totally a halloween thing going on where it's basically a psycho escapes and there's a doctor who knows how evil he is and and knows that even though everybody thinks he's dead the body must be destroyed because he's not really a man he's just evil there's that and then teenagers for that guy to slaughter that's one movie that's halloween but then the second half of the movie (laughs) is a children's movie yes (laughs) like i'm trying to wrap my head around it because literally it becomes a children's movie it's it's funny to me that you say it's a slog to get through because i mean it kind of is it introduces a thousand characters there are so many characters in this movie it introduces a thousand people there are the main ones are these six 
med students? I guess. I'm not sure, really. They're just college kids. I think they're med students, college kids, something. Okay, mm-hmm. so they're, they're coupled off. Their characters, <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> unique or individual about any no. one of them. They're just a bunch of, I don't want to say assholes, because, you know, they're just normal kids trying to have a good time or whatever. But there's Jorge and Olivia, Oscar and Mariana, Pedro and Lena. I don't have anything to say about them, no, except that they're either. just kind of like horny kids or the guys are horny and they lie to these girls that they're interested in and tell them that they're going to take them to this like exclusive party. What was the word that they, a jet set party, a jet set party. Yeah. I was like, they that? are so these girls, like one girl walks into the other girls and is like, Hey ladies, I'm going to a jet set party tonight. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like hilarious. That was Olivia. She was my favorite. She had curly red hair. She was funny. I did appreciate we had like a redhead, a blonde, and a brunette that kept them. Thank God, good. because there would have been no other way to tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. the, the the boys are one of them has a beard, the other two are identical twins. I don't know. Right. <laughs> oh God. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't it matter doesn't. because so they trick these girls into coming to this like they think it's gonna be fun. It's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yay. And they think it's gonna be fun to just like hang out at this old abandoned house. Like, obviously the boys are trying to get it in, but the girls are pissed that they got lied to about the jet set party. Yeah. So they're all mad. And so one of them has a genius idea. They're mad at us and they're scared because something, what happened that scared them? Well, Oh, they found that weird book. The, yeah. The, um, I think it's, uh, it's the Pedro? Necronomicon. Oh, or, hey, I don't remember. One of those guys. The next scarf guy is Jorge. That's how I have him down. <laughs> I had that down too. I don't remember. Yeah, Jorge is neckerchief. I have that in my notes too. It's this big house. It you know it actually got me gave me Spookies vibes. You know when they all pulled up. Yeah, and very in. much. Right, very and much. The house is just filled with cobwebs and it's huge. And he goes up to the attic and he finds a a book that's sitting there on a stand, very pres- presentational in the attic and he starts flipping through it and he brings it down he starts reading from it and it's sort of incantations or something i don't know you know oh it's my just god it's like the, it's so 80s right it's so scary movie like ooh, look at this old book with something written on the cover in blood yeah let's read it aloud let's read it aloud let's perform a ceremony for fun because that'll be interesting like you said the girls are not having fun so their idea is to scare them more uh, so they'll fall into their arms. <laughs> so they tell the girls that they're going to steal a body from the morgue. I think they must be medical students. They're going to steal a body from the morgue, and they're going to call on Satan yes. to <laughs> bring this body back to life. Good idea. That's that's a gr- that sounds like a great idea. So they do. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the morgue. They steal a body. They bring it back. They chant. Latin and Satan-y verses in the cemetery. It, in the cemetery <laughs> of terror. And it moves it moves its fingers and one of them sees it and they're like, ah, oh, you're crazy. And then it starts raining. So they're like, never mind. And they just go inside and just leave the body <laughs> out there. And my my favorite part of the movie, I think, is that they go back in the house and I have in my notes, holy shit. It worked because <laughs> these girls are down to they fuck are, now. Like all over, they are so yeah. horny. <laughs> Maybe it was the rain. 
it's just very standard, right? It's very typical lounging, making out by the fire, and then this other couple's in another room, and this other couple's upstairs, and they're all just like, there's no nudity though in this um, in this movie. It, it doesn't really get quite as lots of thing. awkward kissing. Yeah, <laughs> what was it? You notice the that one couple kissed with no tongue for like a minute and it was really weird it was just like a million smooches <laughs> super weird but yeah okay so one couple's out on the porch and the girl makes the guy go in to get her a drink and we see pov shot lumbering towards her and then it cuts back to the boyfriend and he comes back outside and she's gone and he walks five steps into the yard and finds her body with its throat torn out mm-hmm. and he turns around this part was so <laughs> weird to me hilarious. because it's like the killer is standing right in front of him but it's like he can't see yes. it and, <laughs> and the killer just keeps reaching out and swiping i also don't understand this like every time he like claws at somebody it leaves huge claw marks yeah wherever he touched like i don't know what this guy is supposed to be but he scratches both sides of this guy's face and every time it happens the guy's face moves like he got slapped but then he looks back right in front of him like he's confused yes. like <laughs> like what's happening to me it's really weird it's almost a more of a curious look than a look of terror on his face but where is this oh, he doesn't guy? look scared at he all he doesn't look scared and then again like you said this killer's got to be right in front of him but he's staring right in front of him and like looking left and right like what oh no not again and then he he touches his face like he doesn't even know and sees blood on his fingers then he's mildly alarmed but by this point the killer guts him yeah i thought the makeup effects were surprisingly good i don't know about in this part like those scratches on their face looked good if it was on stage but on camera like they clearly they obviously weren't cut no like it was just, but it, it didn't even look it didn't even look like they had used you know like wax or anything to make to it look it like depth. a cut they just put makeup on top yeah but but the like one they're gutted like the aftermath of uh like the girl's throat being ripped you know ripped out and uh, right yeah guts, oh that was good that that's stuff. true yeah hanging is just pretty cool so like it gives you the impression of brutality but it's not a savini style effect none of these are like savini style effects where you actually see the monster like tearing into their flesh or you know see the cuts happening or whatnot it's it's always no. like right after it happened you just kind of see the aftermath but but yeah i mean his guts are hanging out and bloody and i don't know i thought it was kind of impressive i mean it was fine I, fairly standard before i watched the movie i read just like a a viewer review or whatever and it said um the 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 kills aren't unique enough they're all the same and i kind of agree now we can go through them all if you want to i don't mind doing that at all but what was interesting to me was it took 40 minutes yeah maybe even more like 42 43 minutes to get to the kills and then they all happen in 45 seconds yes (laughs) (laughs) one right after the other it's just it's the same like oh i wonder where oscar is and they'll like go outside and then it turns into another movie and nobody else dies yeah the whole rest of the movie Mm mm-hmm it's crazy. Like, he picks off these kids one by one. And, like, it was fun following, you know, his POV and knowing that he was right behind these kids and they had no idea what was going on. Like, it was fun, but it felt like they tried to pack that whole 
the whole third act of that movie into less than five minutes. Yeah. It's jarring in that way. And it leaves you wondering, like, what the hell's going to happen now? And then we get the kids <laughs> who we had been introduced to early. They were All of this has been interspersed with some scenes. Yeah. Um, one of the scenes is between the doctor, as you mentioned, uh, Dr. Cardan, I think, um, who actually I, I is a very well-known Mexican actor. He's got almost 200 credits. He had actually done some... Uh, I think we've seen him before. I think we saw him in the... The Fulci movie, City of the Living Dead. He did some horror films in Italy, some horror movies in Mexico, quite a few. St- I think he's still working. And so uh, he might be the most famous in Mexico, you know, of the people in this movie. And yeah, it's him and this captain who are, you know, it's it's your typical, He, like you said, he's trying to convince the captain that this body needs to be cremated. And he's, the captain's like, what are you crazy? He's going to get a normal burial. Uh, no, no, he needs to be cremated. And there's just all of this kind of awkward and stilted uh, tension there. I don't remember. What what instigates them to go out and actually look? Oh, it's the morgue gets broken into. No, no. I, I think that Dr. Cardin, like, the judge wouldn't grant the rights oh, to yeah. have him cremated or something. So I think Dr. Cardin falsified i don't know he was i think he was falsifying documents i couldn't for the life of me figure out what he was doing but i think that he was falsifying documents and he took them to the captain is like see here now we can cremate him and it just so happens (laughs) that they arrive at the morgue while those boys are in the process of taking out that very <laughs> stealing body. that body. That's the body they steal, the body of that satanic killer that this guy's all worried about. Mm. And, but they just miss him. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they just miss him. It's quite a coincidence. And he spends most of the rest of the movie sitting in a car, looking wildly Driving left around and right, looking for it. Driving. I don't know how he thinks he's going to find he's going to find this guy just by driving around in a car, but that's his strategy. I don't know. And the cop, at first, the cop's like, don't worry about it. It'll turn up. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most laid back police captain I've ever seen in my life. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even like get upset. Like Cardin steals his car. Like the cop gets out of the car to call the precinct or something or call his wife. Yeah, he calls his wife because he got on the police radio. Uh, Sir, your wife called. She wants you to call her right away because their kids are in this little group of kids that this movie is going to focus on from now on. But while he's on the phone, the other guy, Carden, steals his car, and he's like, oh. <laughs> he puts another he puts another quarter in the payphone, and he's like, I'll send somebody to pick me up. Hurry up. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's but- really not like, <laughs> it's not as fun as I'm making it sound. No, it's, it's- I mean, there are things that I like about it. It's charming. I actually, this children's movie that we're now watching is cute. I like these kids a lot. Like, usually in movies, well, and just in life in general, kids are, like, fucking annoying. But um, especially (laughs) in horror movies, (laughs) I don't deal with little children. That's a whole different story. Trust me, teenagers have their moments, too. But (laughs) anyway, usually kids in these movies can be really, really annoying, like freaking Bob from that horrible yes other was that a cemetery movie too yeah so yeah house by the cemetery (laughs) (laughs) so these kids are no bob these are like you don't get to know them as well but they're like monster squad kids like they seem like nice fun cool kids 
that I would have loved to have been friends with when I was that yeah. age. Especially Tony, who's like the older one and he's handsome and he's cool. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, I would have wanted to be Tony's friend so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's fun. It's fun to follow them around. It is. And we were introduced to them fairly early on in the movie. Like you said, it introduces all these characters kind of all at once before we focus on the slashings at the house. But these kids are just getting ready for Halloween. And they're they're carrying actual jack-o'-lanterns, which I thought was awesome. Right. And, like, I also thought it was cool. I read that at the time, Halloween in Mexico was mostly for kids. I mean, I guess that's kind of true of the States, too. Yeah. Um, but just like in the States now in Mexico, it's kind of celebrated by all ages. But at the time, it was really kind of like for little kids. And so I like seeing this little kid stuff. Like, they put on masks, and they talk about going out trick-or-treating, and they talk about, like, pranking their neighbors. And yes, they are, like, carrying around jack-o'-lanterns like... um lanterns which is really cool but they're not just like they're not the huge pumpkins that we see they're like smaller gourds and something you could actually carry basically yeah like like and and maybe not a pumpkin maybe like a squash or something yeah but they look really cool and just to see those kids in they don't they're not really in costumes i think one kid has a mask that he wears for a while but uh, just to see them kind of parading around at night holding those lanterns that was really nostalgic for me yeah which is one of the selling points because i'm not going to rave at the end of this episode i'm not going to rave about this movie but (laughs) there were things about it that i appreciated yeah, it, it just gave the feel of, like, my Halloween night. You think you're going to go off on a little adventure, you know, and that's kind of what these kids are doing. Tony's idea as the leader is to start out at the cemetery because it's going to be really, really spooky. And so they go into the cemetery. Uh, to the uh, they hitchhike to the yeah, cemetery. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they get in some rando's van. Oh, you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't want to hitchhike in Brownsville now. I don't even think at 85 you would have wanted to hitchhike in Brownsville, but yeah. Uh, the director was driving the van, just in case you were curious. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he uh, they go to the cemetery, and there's this kind of iron gates there, and they walk in, and as they walk in, the gates close behind them by themselves and then we don't see them for a while like you said like the kids the the older kids are at this house and getting murdered until uh the young kids finally we catch back up with them and at this point when i realized wait a second the next half of this movie is going to be about these kids i know i was all in (laughs) and then they show up at that house (laughs) and i'm like Oh, this could be interesting. It it just it aligns that all of the twenty somethings die, and then the kids show up at the cemetery, and it's a great cemetery. And out of nowhere, <laughs> a crypt like explodes. Yeah, a grave opens, and flames shoot out of it, <laughs> which scares them, which it should. <laughs> and, and they run for a while. So they right, and but they so they run for help, and the house that they come to is the murder house. It's the house by the cemetery. How can And I really liked <laughs> I really liked this part too. I liked the way that this part was shot when they came in the house. Yeah. It was shot with the camera pulled way far back like in a different room. Like it was shooting through like a big doorway and in the foreground for us we see one of those 20 something guys 
dead and hung up on the wall. We saw that happen to him. Mm-hmm. Very Michael Myers style. <laughs> right. We see it in the foreground, and in the background, we see the kids come in, and they're looking around, but they can't see it because, like, the doorway's in the way. And then I think, oh, they're going to come into the door, and they're going to see it. But nope, they just look around the other way because that's where the stairs are, and they start creeping up the stairs. Yeah. I just really liked the way that that was shot. And and the kids are all huddled together like they're the Goonies. Like, yes. That was great. Yeah, this was not a, hey, let's split up and explore the house situation. They were smart, and they all went up together like the Goonies. They remain smart. That's what's fun about the movie. Like, mm-hmm. because eventually they get upstairs and they find bodies. Like, they didn't see that first one immediately. They, they see it later. But they find bodies up there. And then that psycho... What's his name? Devlin. Devlin. Devlin the psycho. He comes in. Uh, comes up the stairs. And he starts... Which one is it? It's Jason that just like, you can run for your life and he will just walk and catch you. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's kind of this guy. Like, he's not really chasing them. He's more following them. <laughs> right. Uh, yet he's always there. <laughs> right. Right behind. But, like, he's he's trying to get to them, but he's pretty slow. And uh, not because he's, like, Frankenstein's monster or anything. He just doesn't seem to be in any particular hurry. Like, mm-hmm. I can get, I'll get him when I get him. I mean, we find out that he has telekinesis. At one point, he pulls much later... He pulls a girl towards him using his mind. Yeah. He also, that's the way one of the guys in this room gets gets killed, because he picks an axe up off the, like, a decoration on the wall, and he's running after him. One of him. the 20-something guys. Right? Yeah, one of the 20-somethings. And uh, cabinets behind him start banging, and the wind is blowing, and suddenly the axe gets a mind of its own and uh, spins around, and he's fighting it, and eventually kind of basically axes himself, I guess, but the axe is possessed i liked that, <laughs> that i liked cool. the, i liked the way that it was shot because usually i don't know if it was the angles or what we couldn't see but usually when you see somebody trying to pretend like they're struggling with something like an invisible force mm-hmm. it doesn't look convincing and this was really really brief and i don't even know if you really saw like his hands on the thing like struggling with it i can't remember but I thought he did a good job. I thought (laughs) whether it was the acting or the way it was shot, I don't know. I liked it. I thought that it was a clever kill where it was kind of the only clever one. I mean, lots of them were satisfying. I also liked the one where two of the 20 somethings are getting it on and one of the boy has to go pee. And so he goes downstairs and goes outside to pee because apparently the, bathroom is full of bats <laughs> and she's up in the window like teasing him yeah and he turns around and he sees the killer behind her and screams you know look out or something and she turns around and just gets mauled and and killed like i liked that, that was I, cool. and i liked seeing the initial part of the attack basically from the boyfriend's perspective from a distance and mm-hmm. you know framed in light it was cool. There's some cool stuff going on here. Yeah, it's actually pretty well shot the, for this movie. I, I would say almost entirely well shot as far as the cinematography goes. And like I said, the makeup effects are pretty serviceable. Like you said, the, it's a little surprising at times with the axe in particular. Uh, that scene also jumped out at me. When the guy gets uh, impaled on the wall, that was a little baffling because he kind of gets lifted up by the neck and then just sort of placed on the wall where apparently yeah 
you, you, I have no idea what he was impaled on. Yeah, but it happened super fast because he just lifted up and it looks like he's lifted up, placed on a wall, and now he's dead. He's immediately dead. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> maybe he broke his neck. He did pick him up by the neck, so maybe his neck was broken. That I could don't be know. It. But anyway, so the kids, like, this guy is, like, menacing them, and they have to, like, Tony is, you know, the hero, and he, like, pulls the axe out of that dead guy, <laughs> out of his head. Yeah. What I like about this is they they hide for a little bit, um, but these kids help each other and don't leave one another behind. Yes. Like, they're all in it together. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, nobody's getting left behind if one of them's going down, they're all going down fighting because, and, and that's, I don't know, that's that's kind of rare. Yeah, I feel like you don't see that very often. So I like that; it was cool, and 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 they're innovative, and they get away, and they run outside, and they're in the cemetery, <laughs> and it becomes thriller. <laughs> <laughs> it's so so true, literally thriller. Now, I read. On a pretty reputable source, I think that this movie was literally inspired by Thriller. Oh, yeah. One of the kids is wearing a Michael Jackson jacket. Yes. Like with Michael Jackson's face airbrushed on the back. Uh Uh-huh. And one of the makeup artists who worked on Thriller is a makeup artist on this. Oh, no way. That makes sense. Thriller literally happens. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Without the song and dance, but... The rest of it. You still happens. get Michael Jackson in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson is in there. It is Looney Tunes. No, Michael Jackson's out of there. I mean, his, his face is. It's yeah. It's, it's close. But it's great. I mean, who doesn't love Thriller, right? Yeah. It's the Thriller set. Like, yeah. it's it's that old, decrepit cemetery, uh, cemetery with, the, with the mist coming out of the graves and the really old, crooked, rickety tombstones and crosses and stuff. I love it. It's the set of Thriller. I love Thriller. It's great. You said before that this reminded you of Spookies, another movie that was giving, it was giving me, and it makes perfect sense because this movie, too, seemed to be inspired by thriller was the midnight hour oh yeah this gave me some midnight hour vibes that's true especially with the movie within a movie kind of situation where we got multiple stories going on here i mean all that was happening around the same time 84 85 when this movie came out yeah Yeah, right Mm -hmm. right and so okay so it's thriller like and again like these kids they what they run around with these zombies for for a Five while. Minutes? Yeah, a it's long a long time. time. Then the impression that you're supposed to get is the cemetery is so huge and confusing that they can't even find their way out. Or well, maybe it's sort like of magically. One of, one of them will fall, and then one of them will fall in a hole. Yeah. And then, and <laughs> Zombies are coming out of the wall of the muddy walls of the open grave and, you know, reaching out. Yeah. And one of them will get grabbed, and the rest of them will stop and run back and fight the zombie and get their friend and, and run again. And, like, these things just keep happening. But again, I was just so impressed that. They were in it together. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to believe that that would be true, especially with kids, because uh-huh. um, kids are so much more pure and, and <laughs> empathetic. You just than... said they were all assholes, and now you're saying they're pure. <laughs> I didn't say they were assholes. I said they were annoying. Annoying. I don't know. Okay, maybe, I, they, maybe I said they're assholes. That's no, possible. you didn't. It sounds no, like, it sounds like something I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I like the kids that I'm related to. 
<laughs> I like your kid. Oh, thank you. sometimes I don't like my kid. You know, <laughs> it well, depends on the day. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't seen him since he could talk. So I don't think I have anyway. That's when it all starts to go south. That's when, that's when all the problems. Yeah, start. yeah, for like, sure. Oh, no, for the record, I love my kid. He's so much fun to be with. Obviously, yeah, your your kid's awesome. That's why dogs are the best. Like they just love you, and they never learn to talk. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, people are trying to get uh, the, you know, especially with AI now. That there's this potential that maybe we can use AI to learn the language of animals. And I'm like, boy, that is going to open a can of worms. I am not sure we want to be able to talk to these animals. On the one hand, I'm like, no, I don't want to know what they're thinking. But on the other hand, like. I think they just love me so much. Like, <laughs> I just want to hear it. <laughs> that would, I know, it would be really amazing to hear just somebody all the time being like, oh, I love you. You're, you're the my best. favorite person. Oh, you're home. I'm so excited. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so these kids, they get chased around a bunch, and then they finally get to the gate. I didn't see this coming. Me neither. The gate had slammed supernaturally behind them when they came in the cemetery, which was ominous. I enjoyed it. Um, but then they get to the gate and it's locked and they start rattling it. And the gate grows out of the ground like 12 feet at least. Oh. Like it, it shoots up really high. It is awesome. And I'm not exactly sure how they did I'm it. I'm not either. But it looks great. It's super impressive. <laughs> it's almost like out of a Tim Burton movie or something. This gate just yeah. like, it's extended real fast. And I really dug that bit. And again, I also had no idea how they did that. This part with the kids running around in the cemetery is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Like this part I would recommend. I would almost recommend just skipping the first half. Yeah. <laughs> like, just watch just watch the kid movie. The kid movie is fun. Mm -hmm. The other one's okay. Like and if you like these kind of old movies and you know it is set at Halloween and that's fun. But if you've seen um Hell Night or any number of them. There are so many movies that are just like this. It's very derivative. It really is. Even kind of like Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah. Is, is basically what's going on in the first half of the movie. And that's fine. If you like those types of movies, great. I've kind of seen enough of them. So I was like, eh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But this was good. Yeah, <laughs> I really could get into this, and I honestly think that if I had seen this movie when I was a kid, oh yeah, you would it would probably totally. have been a favorite. But I might have fast forwarded through the first part, but I think I would have really, really dug this second. Part. It's not even gory at this point. I I think no, there's really no violence. The uh, like the makeup effects are great. But they look like the thriller zombies, yeah. and maybe even a little dustier than the thriller. Maybe not even as juicy as the thriller zombies. Yeah, so less scary potentially than the thriller zombies. Um, but no, there is like the scariest stuff, and it is scary because it's kids. Is like the zombies will catch them sometimes, mm -hmm. or or they're right next to them. The doctor shows up. His drive around <laughs> paid off because. He's, he ends up gate crashing, right? Yeah. He ra rams his car through. Thank God, you know, random driving around happens to drive by right when he sees the kids at the gate rattling it. You know, what they should have done once he crashed the gate was just freaking leave. Leave the cemetery. Go out through the gate. <laughs> yeah, come, go out the way you came in. Instead, uh -huh. the doctor shows up and he's like a martial artist. I love it. He just starts punching zombies in the face <laughs> and kicking them. They try to, actually, they do try to leave, right? Because they get in the car and the car can't start. I don't know why he turned off right. the car, but in any case, the car... I think it died. I think it died, oh, okay. like, from the impact or whatever, because he hit 
the gate and then he plowed down a bunch of zombies mm-hmm. too. So I, I think we're supposed to believe that the car died. Maybe we're supposed to think that it's supernatural. I don't That's know. That's true. But it won't start. Yeah, they're like the car's half surrounded, close to being fully surrounded, but then they kind of make it out before it does and well he, he punches a zombie right in the face as they're as the kids are escaping. And so then they're all running around through the cemetery, punching and kicking zombies and trying to get back and they eventually end up back at that house. I, I love that interspersed with this we get the parents who are so worried with the captain about the kids and once again this captain is so useless he's got them all gathered in like his office uh the parents of these kids and i think somebody's sister and whatnot yeah and he's like don't worry they'll show up everything's fine. fine then he gets a phone call and it's like what oh okay send them in and he says they found some kids. Let's see if they're yours. <laughs> this, <laughs> that was so funny. This cop escorts two kids in. They're just looking at the ground. They're like, nope, not ours. Okay, send them back. <laughs> <laughs> that was really hilarious. It was also funny. Yeah, like they were all just, I mean, I, I what else would they be doing? I don't know. But they were all just like sitting in his office, like crying. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so worried. He's never been away from me for a whole night before. <laughs> It was funny, but you skipped some, you skipped one of my, not one of my favorite parts, but a part that I definitely wanted to mention. At one point when they're in the cemetery, before they get to the house, the kids and the doctor, a tree falls on the doctor. <laughs> yes. And he's like, just leave me. Run. <laughs> it's a tiny little tree. And it's, you're right. And they're trying to lift it off and they can't. He's like, just go. And they're like, no, we won't. And one of the girls turns around and is like, ah, the dead people are getting close. <laughs> and the doctor pulls... One of the biggest crucifixes I've ever seen out of his jacket. <laughs> we didn't know he had. No. Uh, and, and I'm still not sure why he has it. This, it would be a decorative crucifix that you hate, like, big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm talking, like, a good 16 inches top to bottom and bulky. Yeah. <laughs> like, Where did that come this from? This isn't just, like, a thin cross with a little skinny Jesus on. No, this is a big, bulky, decorative crucifix that he apparently has been carrying under his jacket the whole time. this whole time. <laughs> and so she runs, and it's it's magic. Like, oh, that... Yeah. I mean, they could have stayed there all night right? with that crucifix. I don't know why they you know? didn't. I don't either. But uh, eventually, he, the doctor says something like, oh, if I only had that book, I could put an end to all this. Yeah, no, well, the girl says, and- you're free. I think she kind of free. She says, you're free. And he's like, nobody will be free until I get that book and put Devlin in his place. And Tony's like, wait, book? <laughs> Did you say book? I saw a book. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little clunky, yeah. So he tells them, I don't even understand, like, I thought he was free, but then he's like, run, run, go get it, burn it. And he kind of hangs back. Well, he, he's, I guess he's supposed to be injured because he pick, he's got the crucifix now and he's trying to ward mm-hmm. off the zombies. In the meantime, he's leaned against a giant cross, like a, you know, a grave marker type cross that's made out of wood. And I guess he sort of like man sized. Yeah. Right? And he sort of snaps it as he's leaning on it. And so now he's using that to like stab through the zombies. I don't know why that cross didn't really work to fend them away because now he's got a giant cross. Like why didn't he just They weren't getting that close to him. That's, that's true. <laughs> I mean, he was just kind of hobbling along. But it's just so you can get the kids in the house first. Yeah. And so, you know, they're still being menaced by zombies. There are zombies everywhere, but th- this is so freaking cute. Like <laughs> they they play like hot like there's zombies everywhere. So they're like playing hot potato with the book. Mm-hmm. Like they're tossing it back and forth between each other. Adorable but they're trying to get it into the fire but looney tunes guy is in there too whatever his name is 
Dev yeah, Devnin. He comes in very menacingly. He's in there too. And just as one of these cute girls, I loved this girl. They all have names, but I can't remember what they were. This was Usi. Usi, yeah. She was adorable. She reminded me of Max from Stranger Things, but younger. Anyway, oh, yeah. she uh takes the book and she goes to throw it in the fire, but she like physically can't because Looney Tunes is controlling her with his mind. And this is when he like Jedi mind tricks her, like like yeah. levitate, not levitate, but just like drags her she with just, his like, mind. Slides across the room towards him. Yeah, yeah. But at the last second, the doctor comes in with his giant cross. But like, he's not as injured now as he was before because no. he can fight. He and Devlin just have a straight out face off. Yeah, he's fighting Devlin. The other kids are fighting zombies. This girl with the book is just standing there like she's still frozen in tears. Right. Does something happen? Like, does Carden get the better of the psycho for a second or something? Because eventually the spell gets broken. Yeah, I think he just kind of like eventually gets the better of him. And he keeps screaming at her, throw the book in the fire, throw the book in the fire. And so eventually she says the spell's broken and she runs to the fire, throws the book in and everything starts bursting into flames. All the bad guys. And the house is bursting into flames. And Devlin is bursting into flames. I was just like, this movie is nuts. It was pretty nuts. And then... That's kind of it? Yeah, the cops... Does it does it cut to the next morning? Yeah, it's it's like these movies are. It's the next morning, but it also seems to have just be the very next thing that happens because the cops are pulling the kids out of the house and they got bodies going into a, what do you call it, an ambulance and there's a big crowd outside. And The, the only thing that we missed, I looked at my notes, the only thing that we missed was that once the book is burning, Devlin and Carden are still fighting and... Devlin is using his claws, I guess, to rip Carden up. So it looks like Carden is in kind of bad shape, but we don't oh, see him die or No, anything. we don't. I also liked, before it's the next morning, the captain and the cop that he are with get a call, and they're like, they think they found our kids. Go to the old abandoned house. So they drive <laughs> up to the old abandoned house. They drive up to it in the cop car. They both get out. It's dark. They're the only ones there. There's no, You can't hear or see anything else happening, which I don't understand because the house is on fire. Yeah, there's insanity going on inside. Right. But they run. They both run into the house and the other cop immediately runs back out and runs to the radio. And is like, tell him we found the kids. <laughs> <laughs> that was comical to me. Like he immediately ran back out. Yeah. And then it's the next morning. Right. That's okay, right. So okay. Yeah, and I mean that's it. Like, well, there's, there's a closing the, scene. Crowds have, but crowds have gathered, like, and they're bringing out the bodies and stuff. But you see a POV from upstairs, and I didn't know what was going on. It looked like Devlin was back. Like, it, it, it was his POV. Like, we've only seen POV shots from him. Correct. Yeah, from his perspective. Although it's, up to this point, at this point, it's not exactly POV. It's a little more over his shoulder because we can see he's carrying a book, and we can see his arms. And the book is still half intact. It's a bit charred, but uh, he sets it on the stand and starts to flip it open to that, those original pages. And the camera swoops around and up, and it's not Devlin. It's the Doctor. Or is it? Yeah. <laughs> no, he laughs in Devlin's voice, like in his head <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think that i think that devlin the suggestion is that devlin has possessed the doctor yeah. which fine sure <laughs> fine yep 
suitable ending. I like those kind of grim twists mm-hmm. in uh, endings. That's that's great. Um, I couldn't believe for a second that they would have killed any of those kids. Um, but I almost feel like that's why it's two movies. Like, they wanted to have the gore and violence, but they couldn't do it with the kids. Right. So they got it. They had that whole other storyline. They they did it. They got it out of the way. Yeah. And then they moved on and let it go. And so it's it's weird. Like, it, it's, it's tonally and structurally really weird. Yeah. And, and as I was sitting watching it, you know, I had, I had worked all day. I had come home. I am going uh, on a trip tomorrow and I'm not packed. Like I was trying to get stuff done. I'm running around. I'm folding laundry while I'm watching this movie. While I'm watching it, I'm thinking, it's fine. Whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, like I didn't hate it. It wasn't doing anything for me necessarily, but. Okay, I get it. Whatever. That's uh, fine. Um, but sitting here and talking to you about it and kind of reliving it in my head, there were things that I did like about it. And I think that had I not been so hurried and had my mind on other things, I think I would have enjoyed it more. But I do stand by what I said that the first part is it's you've seen it before. Yeah. You've seen that movie dozens of times and that's okay. I mean, we keep watching them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what this whole podcast is about. Really? How many of those exact <laughs> movies have we done? A million. Yeah. So that's fine. If you're, you know, if, if you like that kind of thing, fine. If you've never seen this movie before and you're curious, it's not awful at all. It's, it's perfectly fine. But I think where, I, I don't know. This movie apparently it has kind of a cult following. Um, I'm constantly seeing it on lists of uh, you know underrated things that you should see. So I think that this movie has an audience and a fandom, and I would just almost be willing to bet that most of that is because of the second half of the movie. Yeah, because there really seems to be a lot of heart in that half. Yeah, it, it's just and it's Halloween through and through. It's thriller. There's nothing more Halloween than thriller. I mean, you know, right. just zombies bursting out of graves, mayhem, the, the crazy effects. The It's just charming. <laughs> I found it really charming. Mm-hmm. There's a point where the kids are running through there and they they hide in a crypt. crypt you know, zombies have been bursting out of these crypts, but they uh-huh. swing by one and they're like, this would be a good idea to go in here. And they open the door and you can tell it's kind of flimsy. Like this door looks like it's made out of plywood painted to look like it's stone. It's a set. You know, it's, <laughs> right? like it's obviously a set. It is, but it's fun. Yeah, 100%. It's like running through your Halloween decorations and, you know. <laughs> or going to a really great haunted house. Like haunted graveyard yeah. or haunted house, right? Yeah, it was fun. So I enjoyed that part of it. I thought, like I said earlier, I just thought a lot of people would not even necessarily give this movie a chance, even to the point where they get the book and they're doing the ceremony in the, in the, it's, it's like 40 minutes in, I think, before that all ends up going down yeah, and up until it there it's it's not that compelling there's like a water skiing scene you know it's trying to kind oh of oh my god i forgot about the water <laughs> skiing scene. just for no good reason on their way to the party they decide to meet up with one of their friends who water skis and he splashes them and yeah it's kind of supposed to be silly but yeah it's just it's just not very compelling up to that point and it's it's very derivative and it's kind of silly but uh after that point you know once the killings start and then the kids come in it's uh 
It's fun. Yeah. I would totally recommend it. By the way, um, we were talking about those kids, and you were mentioning Tony. Eduardo Capatillo uh, is the name of him, and he is acting like crazy right now. Well, and I, I think I saw that he he produces, mm-hmm. too, maybe. I don't remember. Yeah, I looked him up because he looked he looked familiar to me, but I looked at his filmography, and I didn't see anything that I recognized. Yeah, it's all Spanish TV series, yeah. I, I think he just had that cute, nice kid look of the 80s like a mix like a mix of rudy and sean from the monsters oh, there you not go. A, not as tough and badass as uh as rudy but but still older but nice uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he was like the nice kid who was really really good at baseball in the sandlot oh yeah remember that kid uh-huh he, he, he was like that kid just nice and handsome like i would have so wanted to be his friend <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, you know, like as it's Halloweeny. It's set at Halloween. There's Halloween everywhere, like you said. Uh, Jack o' lanterns, trick or treating, pranks, zombies. So yeah, I, I I don't think that I would recommend it to my friends who are not like hardcore horror people, right? But you guys, I would totally <laughs> recommend it if if you haven't seen it. I think you'll dig it. Yeah. So and it, it would be a fun thing to put on at this time of year. And it's available on Shutter right now, so you can check it out there. Well, thank you again for listening. We have one more Halloween episode coming up for you. The big one, I don't even know what it's going to be because the patrons, uh, we're waiting for the final votes to come (laughs) in. mystery. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. This is the perfect time to do it because it's Halloween. We do some of our best work this time of year. Please uh, find us online just by Googling two guys in a chainsaw. Drop us a note and uh, let us know what you thought and have a conversation with us. And if you're a patron, please get on over there and vote to find which of the last movies we're going to do this season before we jump into all those Thanksgiving movies uh, next month. (laughs) If you'd like to be a part of that, please check out patreon.com slash chainsaw podcast and you too can shape the direction of this show. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With two guys and a chainsaw. (laughs) 